back. Welcome back to the Responsibly Armed Citizen Show. I am one of your hosts, Frank Horath. Joining with me in studio is Mr. Tim Kelly, owner of Apache Solutions in Yadkinville, North Carolina. Tim, how are you doing today? Fantabulous. Fantabulous. I like that word. Uh, had a good week so far uh, as far as myself. Tim, how about you? How was your week? Yeah, it's been great, man. Well, we have a lot of awesome stuff coming up. Working, working, uh, just uh, trucking along. Um, again, just just all kinds of fun that, that has been happening. We got an interesting show for you today. Um, uh, competition. Is it useful for the responsibly armed citizen? Um, so uh, there, there's different ways of, of looking at that, and there are different different competitions. Uh, there's um, uh, competitions as far as um, you know that that you, your sports betting pool or whatever. <laughs> I think yeah. in our context, where uh, we're we're discussing uh, probably uh, competitions with firearms, competition, yep. um, you know, um, amongst other uh, responsibly armed citizens. So Tim, I'm going to throw this at you. Um, do you think it's useful? And uh, if you do think it's useful, why do you think it's useful? Well, I do not believe that competition will get you kilt in the streets. That's for sure. Okay. Uh, that's kind of an inside joke for us <laughs> and those of us in the training community. Um, <clears throat> as far as the spirit of competition, I think it is extremely useful for the responsibly armed citizen. Um, you know, we, we have said this so many different times on the show. I, I don't know. I guess we need to pre-record that. Uh, but having experienced something prior to in a, in a safe and controlled environment prior to having to experience it in the real world is very, very useful having that knowledge. So whether that being, you know, be punched in the face Mm -hmm. or, or, or what competition is one of those things that throws this extra stress on you. And that's the key right there. You know, it's the stress, you know, you building up, you, know, you don't realize like just how stressful or how you're going to perform in a stressful situation unless you start having these stressors piled on top of you. Um, you know, uh, man, the buzzer, right? Mm-hmm. Just that beep, the timer, the beeper, the beep, of dumb. The, yeah, the, the beeper <laughs> of dumb. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, uh, you know, you get up online, you're, you're ready to go and all of a sudden you hear beep and you go, I just forgot about everything. <laughs> like how, 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 how do I work? Yeah. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, that, but adding that stress, right. Adding those extra stressors, adding the uh, just in the back of your mind of oh, all of these people are watching me. <laughs> uh, they're they're analyzing everything that I'm doing for for good or bad or whatever it may yeah. be. Um, you know, there there is an element there that is extremely extremely beneficial to the responsible armed citizen. Absolutely, this is a you know opportunity for you to pressure test your skills. You know, folks folks that are especially maybe they go out with their buddies and if. That, and that's very, very useful, training with partners and, and having groups of fun, friends that go out and train together and, and, right. and shoot together. It's very useful, but a lot of times that anxiety, uh, performance anxiety wears off after does, a while. Yeah. Like, I don't care if I fall apart in front of Frank here. Like, yep. he's going to do it next. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not that big a deal to me. <clears throat> yeah, but but the, the piece of that is it is so nice to have bragging rights for all of twenty seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The the, the it, when you go to a competition around people you've never met before, there is a certain level of pressure that you're putting on those skills that you've right. been practicing. So yeah, you might get that 
you know, I don't know, the, the infamous sub-second draw. You might have that sub-second draw down in your dry fire practice at home, but when you take that to a, a USPSA competition on a target that's, you know, five yards away, you're probably not going to see a one-second one because it, it, it's it's being pressure tested. Right. Now, if you do, then that's... That's great. That's great. Right. That, I mean, and that's that means you're gaining something from competition. You're working, you're figuring out ways to work through that pressure testing and through that performance anxiety and grow. So, yeah, I think the spirit of competition altogether is very useful to the armed citizen. And, and we, we could talk about there are so many different types of competition that you can get into. And, you know, uh, in our uh, last week, we talked about, you know, training without firearms. You know, there's jujitsu competitions that you could get right, into. You right, know that the, right. they serve the same purpose. They pressure test skills. You know there's um, there's all types of different competitions that you can get into to test various skill sets. Um, in the in the firearms training world, we have uh, I don't know a hundred different kinds of, yep. of different competitions that exist. So, uh, you got any any particular one that stands out to you? Um, so I really <clears throat> like. Um, uh, the, well, really, the only one that I've really participated in in any you know uh, any depth is going to be a lot of the Glock stuff. Um, like, but again, most of those, almost all of those, are you're shooting at in an in indoor range, sometimes an outdoor range, and you're shooting at like plate, plate racks or something like that. You're not really going up against um, you know man to man type stuff. Yeah. Um, now, there's a lot of um, stuff that, I don't want to say a lot, we have done stuff internally um, as far as done our own, you know, uh, patchy games mm-hmm. uh, where we're shooting, we, we have this we have this awesome behind-the-scenes guy, right? His name's If You Know, If You, yeah, if if you, you Know, know You Know, know. <laughs> right. And uh, what's, 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 what's great about it is he has, a, he has a, a talent and a mind for, you know, putting together things like that. Mm-hmm. But what's nice about that is, is, is pit, you know, pitting... Um, uh, different people pitting different things, uh, uh, different competencies against or meshing multiple competencies together so that, you know, under stress, you're able to perform different things. Sure. So what I mean is it's not just standing in one particular spot and mm-hmm. you're not just engaging on one, you know, piece of paper. You're, there's a little bit of movement, right? There's a little bit of practice of those skills while you're being observed and watched by your peers. Right. Again, and that's probably the biggest piece of it is like, you know, dry firing, just like what you said, dry firing, doing those things, um, you know, on your own, on the range or something like that. Easy every day. Um, that extra stress of having all of your peers behind you, like criticizing you, you know, constructively mm-hmm. <laughs> for the most part, um, that, that adds again, that, that another element of stress, but you're right. Once you kind of get defeat that, what's the next step? Right. Now for me, it's teaching that back. Like if I, if I can do it in, enough to where I can perform to a level of automaticity, I can perform and I know that I can do that. And I know that I can do that, you know, with the pressure of my peers, then the next piece for me is doing that in front of students who are still going to be, you know, ripping you apart. They're going to be, I don't want to say ripping you apart, but observing everything that you're doing, you know, in great detail. I mean, there's just so much there that that you can learn from and gain from in addition to, uh, you know, gaining things and learning things from your peers. So a minute ago, you mentioned uh, shooting in Glock competitions. So uh, that's something I'm very familiar with. Uh, It's the Glock Sports Shooting Foundation. Yeah, GSSF. Pre-COVID, it was actually rather local to us. And we traveled around and, and, and competed all over the place. Um, where I earned my master status was in Park City, Kentucky. That's the farthest I really went. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and we'd go up to to 
West Virginia. We go up to Virginia and, and other places in North Carolina, South Carolina, and compete. Ah, I take that back. I, I went out to um, uh, Oklahoma and taught out – or not taught. I um, performed, I, uh, performed out there. Out right. there. Um, but <clears> – <throat> Anyway, I thought it was a lot of fun. I think it was a, it was a great test of your technical skills, your yep. ability to transition between targets, press the trigger without disrupting your sight, yep. your ability to control recoil, uh, time management, all sorts of different things. But it, it is. It is very static. It's right. static and it's repetitive. So you almost know what to expect. Even though every course is always different, the targets remain the same. The distance are going to be about the same, mm-hmm. you know, but they may mix it up just a touch, but you, you have a way of gaming it. Like you can read the rule book prior yeah. to and the different stages that they set up. And you can practice it. And you can practice it, <laughs> right. you know. So, um, you know, there, there are some there are some perks to it. I, I love GSSF, man. I would love to get back into it. I wish, I wish more places were doing yeah, it. Yeah, there's not very many places around us that, that really uh, use GSSF. Uh, there, there's a few, but we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge shoot, I'm sure. You're listening to the Responsible Arm Citizen show uh yeah tim and frank here in studio uh we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back talking to you soon Welcome back to The Rack Show, the Responsibly Armed Citizen Show, where we talk about everything regarding the Responsibly Armed Citizen. My name is Tim Kelly, and with me I have Frank Horvath. Hey, hey. And we have been talking about competition, um, the spirit of competition, whether or not it's useful to the Responsibly Armed Citizen, and how it would be useful. Um, we, we left off talking about GSSF, as I said before, it's something that I'm, I'm rather familiar with. I, I competed for about two years um, in, and up until COVID when a lot of the ranges stopped, you know, stopped having these competitions, but you can still look at various different competitions that are very similar to, um, to GSSF. There's a lot of spinoffs. Um, I know local ranges, I know Duncan still does some type of indoor, Mm -hmm. um, GSSF style, uh, shooting match, but it's not Glock. It's not sponsored by Glock. You don't get Glock prizes. You don't get Glock um, uh, praise and, and 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 ratings and that type of thing. It's more of a it's more of a, a learning experience and, and some fun. They are also doing some type of self defense related one, kind of similar to IDPA. So IDPA is the International Defensive Pistol Association. And there are they're more of practical competitive shooting, uh, and, and they, they focus on defensive tactics with the, your specific carry gear. Now, I want to point out just some things that I know about IDPA. Now, first and foremost, I need to point out, the only thing that I've ever done anywhere close to competing in IDPA is shooting a mock IDPA uh, stage with our friend Kent Hauer and Great Mountain Defense yeah. up at his place. Yep. He took me, they do that like every Thursday night, you know, a bunch of guys get together and, and they shoot a, a stage or two. And it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, but that's the closest thing that I have to understanding IDPA. The one thing I want to point out is IDPA is a very, 
I don't want to say very old because I might hurt some feelings here. Um, but it is it is one of the older um, competitions been out there a, that exists. Been around a minute. It's pretty well the first. Hmm, I want to say the first defensive pistol or defensive related um, pistol competition out there because arguably um, PCC would be another one. Um, uh, there's there's a, a variety of different ones out there, but this is one of the older ones. Um, it took them a while to really get on board to modern everyday carry. And specifically, I'm talking about appendix carry. Uh, IDPA took a long, a long time to come around to allowing appendix carry for their competitions. For the longest time, they never would allow it. Right. And, and it's for reasons that are just simply outdated and, and, and they don't have any real weight behind them. Um, anyhow, without digging too much into that, they now allow appendix carry in IDPA. And, um, there are, all types of different matches around. I've struggled to find IDPA matches in our local area. Now mm-hmm. there's some ranges down, I think closer to Lake Norman and, and Charlotte that do some IDPA matches. Um, but finding some out towards our direction, towards Yakinville, uh, there's no place in Wilkesboro. There's no place in Winston. Um, I think we'd really have to travel to go take an IDPA competition or, yeah. or come down to, to Charlotte. Um, so yeah, well, what do you know about IDPA, Frank? Uh, a whole lot of nothing, <laughs> big nothing burger. <laughs> uh, again, you know, my really, my personal experience as far as IDPA um, really comes just from Kent, um, mm-hmm. and and a l- little bit by you know if you know you know, um, yeah the my. Uh, let's see, Kent's uh, def- defensive pistol metrics course. Um, that's where he, he he brings in a lot of information, kind of blends the competitive and the the practical, you know, um, you know, shooting skill sets together. That is really, like I said, my aside from you know GSSF. That's really my only you know in- intro into you know competitive sports and things like that. Aside from stuff that we've done internally, aside from sure. you know the other friends and you know competitions like TACON stuff like that. Um, but you know, the, the, uh, I was, I was just doing a little bit of reading, um, and it's actually, uh, this, this is a satirical post, but, um, the, the guy, uh, person here on one of forms is describing the difference between IDPA and, uh, USPCA as, USPSA. uh, yeah, yeah, USPSA and, uh, where USPSA is uh, track meet with handguns and IDPA is more of a choreographed uh, ballet. So, <laughs> you know, and, and again, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, I'm reading through a lot of the, the rules and the differences between, uh, between the two. Um, you know, the rules with IDPA, um, seem to be a little bit more strict, uh, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, what you're allowed to do and, and the way that they go about doing things, what types of firearms, different classes, uh, of right. firearms, um, and they're, uh, in the actual realm of competition, um, I do know of some just some high-ranking, just phenomenal shooters um, uh, that uh, have ranked highly. Uh, Tim Heron is probably is, is one you know one one of the go-tos um, as far as you know shooting USPSA in USPSA yeah. um, you know in you know, sp- particular uh, classes you know single I think his was a single stack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, single stack class, and again, joke there. You know, having small hands, being a small, you know, <laughs> being close to the ground. You know, of course he'd shoot single stack. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but no, the 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 
regardless of the differences, um, you know, the benefits of, uh, again, having that, that uh, competition, the benefits of um, going through and learning the different rules and so that you can shoot, you know, like for like, you know, between another peer are just absolutely, you know, great. It's paramount. Right. Like, you, you know, I don't, I personally believe that, you know, you should compare yourself only to yourself. Right. So if, you know, I'm, you know, if I'm doing better than what I was doing yesterday, then I'm, I'm doing something right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to go like, all right, well, you know, I am not a, as good of a shot as Tim is, uh, but I'm not going to compare myself to Tim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm absolutely going to mimic some of the things that you do if sure. that works for me. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, those types of snares, being able to get together at those, um, uh, USPSA, the IDPA, the whatever, right. Those other matches, those other games, help you see what other people are doing and in some instances you can you know mimic mm-hmm. or you can learn okay well why does tim why do you roll your hand like that yeah that's interesting and then i go and ask tim hey tim why are you rolling your hand like that and you know go and talk to any gun nut doing yeah. anything anywhere they're going to tell you everything that they know yeah because or they're like oh you like this you like this gun here here shoot this yeah I'll never forget. I know this is a little bit of a tangent. I'll never forget going to um, uh, a Glock match early, 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 early on. Uh, I was told by at it was a recommendation actually of uh, uh, you and Greg, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember going to one. I, I had my little crappy, you know, Glock 17 that had the monster trigger in it. It was just absolute garbage. And then I was sitting there talking about it or something like that. And somebody was like, oh, psh, you just take this, shoot this. Here you go. And it was yeah. like, I, I got 10 dudes all was like, here, shoot mine, shoot mine, yeah. shoot mine. I mean, it's all, it's, you know, pandemonium and cra- you know, craziness. But that's the kind of community that, you know, follows all these different shooting sports. Yeah. It's. Hey, you wanna you, you wanna go out and you try, try something? Cool. Here you go. You have your own ammo. Great. If you don't, ah, uh, you know, give me ten bucks. Here you go. Here's some yeah. ammo. Whatever it is. Sure. Um, there's 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 a lot of you know great help for for you know that's in these communities. Right. So specifically, IDPA. Um, this is this is something that is 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 based around the defensive use of a handgun. So this is where things get really, really tricky. Anytime you have to realize, no matter what, if there is a score, there's points and, and that type of thing, there's a timer involved, there's judges involved, whatever, or referees, it's a game. Right. It is exactly what it is. And what we talked about earlier was the spirit of competition is really the what you gain from this. Right. It's not necessarily all of the context that, that uh, competitions like IDPA try to put in this. So uh, specifically, IDPA will, they get really creative with their stages, mm-hmm. like really creative, mm-hmm. like stuff that will make you occupy your non-dominant hand or your dominant hand um, and force you to shoot a specific way or through a specific angle from an unconventional shooting position or something like that, right. just to really try and challenge, challenge your skill sets. Um, but they try to make it, more contextual, mm-hmm. right? It, it is, you know, more like you start off in the, in the seat of a car, right? And you have to exit the vehicle and then go, or you start off seated at a table, like you would be at a, you know, at a picnic or something like that at a park. And then you d- deploy, if you will, from there. Um, so it challenges a lot of your technical skills and puts it into more of a, a contextual format and to really challenge those those um, those carry skills, mm-hmm. right? So you're you're, and there are different classes 
within IDPA. I mean, you'll have to look them up, but there are many different classes that are allowed in there. But, you know, essentially, if you're shooting nothing but iron sights uh, in a single stack gun, that's the class that you're going to be shooting in. Whereas if you're uh, shooting a, a, a snubnose revolver or something like that, you're going to be shooting in that class. Yep. Um, it, it, to my knowledge, that's the way it's set up. But for the most part, everybody's running the same stages. They have the same round counts. They have, you know, uh, it, the, the same format, mm-hmm. essentially. So I can't, I can't help but... Uh, when, when you're talking about, you know, the, the different stages and, you know, different, you know, kind of, uh, contextual scenarios and things like that, my mind wanders or immediately wandered to Instructor Earl. Yes, on, on, Instructor on, Earl. <laughs> Instructor Earl on the, uh, on the YouTubes. Uh, Black Rifle, uh, uh, yeah, Black Rifle Coffee Company. They have this uh, the satirical instructor named uh, Instructor Earl. It's several years old now, but it's so funny. Yeah. In this scenario, we're gonna, you know whatever you know. It's it's, it's go watch it. It's yeah, funny. It's funny. <laughs> it's great. But no, when, when you're talking about you know, like I said, different those different scenarios. Um, I mean, and that's absolutely beneficial, right? So being able to say, okay, well, I haven't seen this exact scenario, but I've seen something very similar to this. When it comes time for you to actually perform those skills, you're at least going to have a likeness and a rough idea, rough approximation of what you need to do and how you need to perform, mm-hmm. right? Again, it's all the same. Press yeah. trigger, don't disrupt sites. Right. Um, but by being able to go, okay, well, I'm going to press trigger, don't disrupt sites, and I'm going to shoot through this itty bitty little tiny box because that is literally my only opening, my only chance in this moment, my my only opportunity to, you know, to stop that threat. Mm-hmm. Then that's what you got to do, right? Yeah. And that that's where you need to rise to the rise of the occasion and and do work and you know figure it out. Sure. Or don't. Or don't. Or, 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 don't. or don't. And, and right. you'll find out really quickly because it'll show up in your scores because, right. um, you know, that's what you're being scored on. You're right. being scored on your ability to effectively handle a handgun in defensive context. As I said before, it's a game. It's yep. a game. You're, it, you, you can't be too take it too seriously, right? You can't take it as like, oh, this is this is the way it's going to pan out at Walmart. It's not the way this works, right? But it is it is definitely important, and I think IDPA is, is seriously worth looking into. So uh, we will be back talking a little bit more about USPSA after our break. Welcome back to the Responsibly Armed Citizen Show, where we talk about everything regarding the Responsibly Armed Citizen. My name is Tim Kelly, and with me I have Frank Horvath, and we have been talking about competition. Competition and how it relates to the Responsibly Armed Citizen uh, and what's useful about it. And we've determined uh, so far that the spirit of competition is really what's useful. It's not necessarily the context, like what you'll find in in, uh, uh, IDPA competitions or anything like that. Uh, It's the spirit of competition that that pressure testing of skill sets and that type of thing. So in the last segment, we talked about IDPA, the International Defensive Pistol Association, and uh, how it operates. Uh, the, the next one I want to discuss is USPSA. Now, USPSA is a little bit, a little bit less contextual uh, and a lot of bit more fast-paced. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's really really kind of in your face. It's it's like I think you compared it to earlier and about like running a marathon or running yeah yeah, yeah. running track One's like track, a track, track meet track, track meet versus yeah. a, a choreographed ballet yeah. exactly. So and, and that's that's really what USPSA is. There's there's a ton of different targets in, in a stage, and um, you timer goes off and you run around and shoot them all. And it's it's a it's about speed. It's really really about speed. Now don't get me wrong, you need to be accurate too, um, but if you're just accurate and you're not fast enough, you're you're going to end up at the bottom of the totem pole in terms of the the competition, right. the game right. itself. So the um, USPSA is 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 very in your face, very very fast paced. Now I've only competed in one USPSA match. Happened to be a, a classifier. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Mm-hmm. I just went. You know, um, a friend of ours, John Royer, who who is. Uh, the owner of Outdoor Dynamics, he, he makes uh, pistol cartridges uh, primarily for for competition shooters mm-hmm. and, and and just shooters in general. Great, uh, ammo. but he's he's yeah. yeah he's he's local to us. He's supplied us with a lot of ammo over the years. Great dude. Um, he's out of Kannapolis. So um, if you're if you're looking for some if you're looking for some ammo, uh, check out check out Outdoor Dynamics. Look them up and go order some bullets from him. He's got some. He has some great stuff. The Liberator. The Liberator is my favorite. Uh, self or not? Self librarian. Defense, librarian. Excuse That's me. Librarian. librarian. I don't want to say Liberator. Librarian was is yes. my favorite uh, target ammo um, from them. It's 147 um, grain, nine millimeter projectile. Yeah. Great ammo. Works out very well. Uh, famous blue bullets. Yeah. Right? Blue bullets. They're uh, uh, again just great, great, great target ammo. So um, I don't know if I actually said what USPSA stands for, United States Practical Shooting Association. Um, so US, USPSA, uh, the first match I got into, John Royer just told me, he's like, just come down, just come down to a match, you know. And so one day I got a wild hair and it's like, you know what, I don't have a class this weekend. I might as well just go on down there. So I, I showed up. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Mm-hmm. Like, I really didn't. Um, I had a, had a general idea, but there's so many different classes. There's so much going on. I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to show up and, and, you know, wherever I land, I land. And so I show up, and um, they put me in a squad. So you shoot in a, a squad of individuals, okay. and a squad goes from bay to bay to bay, shooting different stages. Mm-hmm. And so you get an opportunity to walk through and check out like the, the different targets, and you get to mimic like, okay, I'm going to shoot from this angle here, and I'm going to go over here, I'm going to shoot from this angle here. And, and you see guys out there pew-pewing and, and like doing their little their little squat walk through the right, stage right, and everything right. else. And, and it, it's... It's crazy, man. Um, but these these have many different classes. Like their open class is wild, man. Guys come out there with guns that are just they're they're race cars, right? They're absolute race cars, man. They're all they're all you know nitrosed up and super fast and right. super light and you know carry all the cartridges, Damn, you know all, all the ammo. Um, they're it's crazy, man. That's very very high speed. But anyway, you get there, you get paired up with a squad, and I just, I'm just like, I'm here for the show, guys. Just tell me what to do. And right. they're like, well, well, first off, go get your gear. And I'm like, um, what? I'm carrying it. Right. And they're like, you got a gun on you? Yeah, I, I, I got, a, got a gun on me. I'm like, yeah. So that's not going to work. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So uh, apparently, I was supposed to 
bring a different gun other than my carry gun. Mm -hmm. So I had to go through a little bit of a process, a little informal process of getting myself squared away. And um, they're like, you're going to do this from appendix? I'm like, yeah. They're like, you should cheat, but you're you know, tuck in your shirt. You don't have to shoot this from concealment. I was like, no, nah, I'll shoot from concealment. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like, why not? They're like, well, okay, you know, do your thing. So I shot it all from concealment with mm -hmm. my carry gun. Right. And that's, that's, I'm not going there to become a you know grandmaster shooter. I wanted to see what it was like. Right. I wanted to experience it. And overall, like what you said earlier, as far as the the community, man, everybody's really supportive, really helpful. You know, they they, they want to see you succeed too. They want to see their sport grow. Yep. You know, they're not interested in 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 having some type of secret sauce or or trying to, you know, trying to beat you. That's not their intentions. Their intentions is going out there and giving it the best they got. And then and that's it. Right. And sharing whatever that they, whatever information they have to help make your experience in, in this game um, better. Right. So I, I had a really good experience with it, man. Um, still don't quite understand it all, but. Right. Yeah. yeah you know, something, uh, something I'm looking, you know, looking at, we were, we were talking over the break. Um, you know, a lot of guys will transition from, you know, GSSF and they'll go into Steel Challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's another another group, another organization that's out there, uh, and then what what's neat about Steel Challenge is uh, it's it's uh, again it's still static, it's still stationary. Mm -hmm. um, you're you're not drawing from concealment, you're still drawing from an open rig or you know, a, a slung uh, rifle or something like that, but you're shooting at steel plates. Yeah. Um, so there's you know five steel plate sets in front of you. Um, you have a certain cadence, certain pattern of what you're supposed to shoot, you know, order that you're supposed to shoot these plates in, and then there's usually five stages per. Um, you know, per event, right? Uh, so that you shoot, you know, this, this steel challenge uh, stage and then you go to another one and do the same thing. Again, all different varying uh, aspects. But it's something else. It's, it's something that you can get out um, and you can still shoot you know, comfortably, um, you're still, you're standing on that square range, but, uh, and, you know, shooting statically, right? There's no movement or anything like that, but that's the, like the next step. That's something that you can do before you get to IDPA, before you get to USPCA, if you just want to experience the, a little bit of the, the pressure of, you know, taking your firearm and going and, you know, shooting in, in these matches, that's, that's an opportunity for you out there. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's just something that's a little different, um, a little slower pace, I would probably say. Um, and again, it's, it's very popular. Um, one of the articles I was reading says that it's like competitive plinking. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, and then that's what you're doing. You're, yeah. you're, you're shooting at, you know, steel targets, you know, it's, there's not a whole lot of movement. Like, so if you don't have those skills necessarily yet, but you can, you know, safely, you know, administratively at least handle your firearm and you're able to, uh, you know, pressure and not, don't disrupt sites. I think that'd really help you out with like transitioning and just getting over the, uh, again, the administrative aspect of, you know, handing a firearm, especially in a, in a group setting, uh, the aspect of you know, handling your firearm, you know, what, when engaging different targets and transitioning in between those targets, pressing the trigger, don't disrupt sites. Like, there's there's significant benefit to that. Mm -hmm. um, just as we've been saying, you know, this entire time. You know, something else that I did see um, that is, is is really interesting, and and I'm 
definitely going to be looking into it. Um, they have uh, something called Rimfire Challenges, mm-hmm. um, where it's, again, it's the same thing, but it's using like 22s. Um, and uh, it's very, very popular with kids. Mm. So I have a strong inclination that my daughter and I are going to go check that out. Yeah, like that's that's that has piqued my interest. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something there. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, man. Uh, I I, w- I would love to get involved with Steel Challenge. I th- I'd say most of us that have competed in GSSF, um, we tend to look at Steel Challenge because. You know, I don't know. Once you once you climb the ladder enough, you really start to want to play around with other guns. Do more. I mean, I still yeah. I still I still love shooting my Glocks. Don't get me wrong, but I want to have the option if I wanted to shoot an M and P or if I wanted to shoot an Atlas. Right. You know, like if I wanted to right. shoot any of these like other guns. Why not a Glock? Yeah, <laughs> I, I can shoot. I can shoot those. You know, um, and you can get into carbines and stuff like that. PCC shotguns. You know, the uh, Pistol caliber carbines, uh, shotguns, that yep. type of thing. That's that's what Steel Challenge promotes is a little bit more, you know, outside of just one brand. Yep. And don't get me wrong, like the Glock competitions are extremely useful, a lot of fun, and in a very, very family-friendly environment. Um, but uh, Steel Challenge is a, a version of that with... Uh, a little bit more. I believe you can draw from the holster and still challenge. Mm-hmm. Like there's there are stages where you draw from the holster. Yep. It's not all done from a ready position like every right. GSSF um, uh, competition is. doesn't matter if it's indoor or outdoor. It's all done from a low ready position. Now, GSSF did release a rimfire, um, a rimfire class. Mm-hmm. So you can shoot rimfire as well. But you probably have to use a, their was a G forty three forty four forty four. The that's only right. the only twenty two that they have to offer. Right. So everybody's shooting the same gun, and right. there's not like a whole bunch of upgrades you can do to it anyway. Um, right. They're supposed to be they're meant to be shot stock anyhow. Yep. Um, but with Steel Challenge, I mean, it, there's no limits to it. So if I wanted to go home and 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 juice up my race car, I can do it. Right. You know, take it to the competition and go see how it runs. I mean, that's, that really promotes a lot of, uh, a, a lot more excitement and fun. And when you can bring uh, different firearms to the, to the match and, and play around, you know? Yep. So I love the the competitive plinking. I think that's a very good description yeah, of, of steel challenge. Well, and that's one of the things that, you know, I was, I was thinking of, um, you know, at, when I had read that was, you know, steel challenge, you know, the, the next step up from steel challenge, when you're talking about, you know, competitively, and I'm not talking about any defensive contacts, I'm talking purely for sport. You start getting to like the Olympic stuff yeah. um, to where it's, I mean, these people are taking um, just, just insane, insane stuff with, low caliber firearms considering mm-hmm. you're talking like you know 22 caliber type firearms somewhere in somewhere uh, somewhere in that range and they're shooting at insane distances uh, for that platform and they're shooting extremely accurately in that platform but you know something I didn't realize is aside from like the fast um, you know the fast shooting type stuff, um, some of their qualif- I was reading their qualifications now. Uh, forty shots in kneeling position, forty in prone, forty in standing. Uh, you must not exceed two hours and forty-five minutes. You have two hours and forty-five minutes to hit from fifty yards with a twenty-two. Forty shots of each, right? Standing, kneeling, prone, uh, at a target that's that's you know fifty yards away. So uh, what do you do? Like you shoot, shoot standing, go to lunch. Yeah, right. Come back. <laughs> 
shoot kneeling, take a nap, come back. I mean, shoot prone. <laughs> I mean, that's and that's with the twenty-two. I mean, yeah. so you're shooting at a bullseye target, you know, from fifty yards away with a twenty-two, and you have almost three hours, yeah, you know, to knock oh all that out. Gosh. That's man. There's a reason why people you know, strive to go to the Olympics. Ah, that's, that's not me. I, my, uh, my rate of fire is still, I mean, still pretty accurate. I'm not saying I'm putting one hole on top of another necessarily, not at 50 yards. That's but. a patience issue is what it is. Oh it's yeah. I mean, issue, my ADD but. and my, just my brain is just like, <laughs> no, not happening. I have things to do. <laughs> All right. We're listening to the rack show. There's sponsor. I'm show. We've got a break coming up. Uh, when we be, when we come back, uh, we're going to be moving on and talking a little bit about our conversation. See you in a month. Say, talk to you soon. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Responsibly Armed Citizen Show. I'm one of your hosts, Frank Corvath, and joined with me in studio is Tim Kelly, owner sole proprietor of Apache Solutions in Yadkinville, North Carolina. We have had a great, great conversation talking about the competition uh, for the Responsive Armed Citizen, uh, the spirit of competition. We talked a little bit about uh, our experiences uh, regarding um, you know different shooting sports when the IDPA, uh, USPSA, um, uh, Steel Challenge, GSSF, etc., uh, and now is that famous time every week where we talk about the competency of the month. So, Tim, take it away. What is this month's competency of the month? Competency of the month. Competency of the month is this month is discuss areas where off-body carry would be appropriate and what changes. So, to give you some insight, what we're looking for here is a, a, an area to educate you in various topics. Uh, that uh, revolve around the responsibly armed citizen. So what we would like from you is submit your ideas, submit your input on where what you think about off-body carry, where you think it's most appropriate, and the different changes uh, that that take place from on-body carry. Yeah. Like, um, so that's what we would like from you. We really like to hear from our audience and 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 hear what you guys have to say about it. Otherwise, I believe in the last show, we talked about uh, security issues. Uh, with with all, we, we, we talked about some different issues more than anything uh, with uh, off-body carry, about the security issues, um, the issues with uh, complexity of, of accessing complexity, complexity yep. Yep. accessing your, your tools or your firearms. So where specifically would off-body carry be appropriate? What do you think? Mm, that depends. Mm-hmm. That depends. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of a place where I, w- I would actually d- use off-body carry. So I- I'd say, I'd say where, where people really think the most is when they're going backpacking. Maybe. Yeah. I can uh, see some, that. Sometimes when they go backpacking, they just shove a pistol in a, in a fanny pack or a bag or something like that, and particularly in front of them, maybe a chest rig. Uh, or something along those lines. Uh, another one I think is probably the more popular one amongst men uh, is the beach. Okay. You know, it, it can be difficult to carry on your person at the beach if you don't have the right equipment. I was about to say, I don't agree. <laughs> uh, no, but, but I mean, that, and that, but that's, that's my point, where, where you see where it's commonly done. Now, I've, I've, I've carried in a bag at the beach, yeah. you know, so it's, 
I, I have done that. Now I've since found ways to get around that. Yeah, so like I can carry it on enigma. my person. Yeah, <laughs> Filster Enigma takes care of a lot of those problems, uh, a lot of those issues. So so I went to a, and this is uh, uh, summer, I want to say probably two, three months ago, I went to a uh, birthday party. And uh, at this birthday party, they had a large lake, you know, swimming, the whole nine yards. And I was like, you know what? I really don't, I just not, not interested, don't really want to swim. You know, I went ahead and, and you know, carried my firearm anyway, put the tw- on the, with the Enigma, put swim trunks on, you know, went and went and did my thing. Well, lo and behold, my lovely son decided that he was going to get out farther than he needed to. So not even thinking about it, just went out there and, you know, did my thing, brought my son back. Son's soaking wet. Gun, excuse me, son is soaking wet and gun, yeah. gun is also soaking <laughs> wet. But, but it doesn't matter, right? Because yeah. the cool thing about, um, you know, our, our firearms are that, you know, that, that, you know, they'll still work you know, when mm-hmm. they get wet. It's not a big deal. You, you need to do some maintenance afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that everything is perfectly, you know, clean, well-oiled, all that. The ammo probably shouldn't re- rely for self-defense, you know, just definitely dump it out or use it for uh, training ammo, right? That's not something you're going to want to, uh, you know, rely on in the future. Um, but you can do it. Yeah. You know, there's it's nothing stopping you from doing that. Right. Same thing with the beach, right? You can have on body and you can do that, you know, uh, comfortably. If you're not... Yeah, uh, if you don't have the tools, if you don't have the skill set, right? That's where we start getting into, you know, the prevalence of off body. I tend to lean more towards, um, you know, when I'm thinking about off body carry, uh, I tend to think more about uh, the my like spouses. I tend to think about, you know, the the female who will have that, you know, that that purse or that mm-hmm. bag or something like that, because that's more likely what I end up seeing, mm-hmm. especially when they're not when they haven't been exposed to, um, like things like the enigma. Right, yeah. things to wear, you know, or on body carry is is you know less than ideal. The other thing, time that I, I do think about that, and I think about this specifically more for my wife, um, it is it's very difficult to wear a dress, right, and you know have a firearm, you know, readily accessible. Mm-hmm. You can do it; it's just not ideal. So that could be a place where I would consider, you know, having off body carry. If training has happened, right, or right. if you've gotten some coaching on being able to access that. Again, just like we had talked about, I think it was the last week, you know, being able to readily access that firearm, being able to readily access, um, you know, the the tool that you need when you need it, you know, because the, the thing about it is, you know, any time that you have off-body, it's, it's already a compromise, right? right? So being able to defeat... Um, you know, the entry into that bag, right? Whether it's if, if you have an appropriate time to be able to do that, being able to defeat any any sort of retention device as far as, you know, having that firearm inside of a, a special compartment that's inside of the bag or, you know, out of that holster, whatever it is. Because let's face it, it must be inside of a holster in order for it to, you know, be safe. Like there's, there's, there's things there that, look, I've looked inside my wife's bag before, her, her purse, and that thing is a black hole stuff. You're talking like <laughs> eyeliners and pens and pencils and the uh, 9,000 Sharpies that she confiscates for me. Like, I mean, there's stuff mm-hmm. floating around in that thing. And if, you know, you're, if the firearm is not inside of a, a holster or not inside of some sort of special compartment, specialized compartment that is dedicated to that its own use, right, to housing this thing, then the, the risk of a negligent discharge significantly increases. Right. So, you know, there's, there's lots of things to consider there. So, but before we've mentioned the enigma several times, I want to make sure I tell our, our listeners and our viewers, get yourself a pen and paper, filsterholsters.com, not with an F, P-H-L-S-T, 
E-R-Holsters.com. The first thing that you're going to see when you open up their website is the Enigma. The Enigma has been life-changing for a lot of people, including my wife. It's a huge, huge life change for her. She now carries everywhere with this thing. So if you see a picture of, of her on the internet, there is enigma and enigma in that photo. Right, right. <laughs> there, I mean, no matter no matter what, there's an enigma in that photo, and she gets away with it a lot of the time um, with the enigma. But there have been areas where it just still does. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. The, the dress is too too tight fitting, right? Um, uh, or or the 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 garment just doesn't work out. So it's printing mm-hmm. too much, and she can't get around it. So she has to have some type of alternative. Um, so she generally goes to the gtmoriginals.com, gtmoriginal.com. That's gun totin' mama. Yeah, gun totin' mama. That is, that is a series of like really high-end handbags and purses uh, for ladies specifically for off-body carry. Mm-hmm. It's designed for off-body carry. Um, that's generally what she uh, she reverts to. Uh, we've got some friends in that uh, in, in that industry. Vicki Farnham was the one that turned her on to that. Uh, Vicki Farnham has paved the way for females carrying handguns uh, for, for a long time, for a very long time, mm-hmm. um, from a time when women were not expected to carry guns on them mm-hmm. as when she really started to try and, and change that mindset and to get in our world, you had to really start with the fashion, right? Right. you know? So, and, and I think that's, that's, um, that's really where gun tote mamas comes into play. And there are other, there are other handbags and stuff like that out there that exist. I just know that these guys have, um, have a background in it and that there are classes being taught. They know, they know instructors who teach classes on off-body carry. Yeah. Evie Colescar is one of them. Uh, and as I said before, Vicki Farnham, there are other other firearms trainers out there that teach off-body carry. Let me ask you this, Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we, we've already toted the, the benefits of having on-body carry, right? It's going to be over you know, on-body mm-hmm. carry almost in every instance. Um, what about the aspect of con- uh, concealment, right, uh, of off-body carry? So, you know, the ability to be able to conceal that firearm off body and potentially being able to, you know, fire through that off body bag, right? Purse, something like that. Do you think there's a, 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 a realm reason why they, that may be of benefit? So, like, there's just not disclosing that there's a firearm, period, but still having ready access to it and the ability to be able to use it? You're talking about just like being able to, um, to, to hide the gun better. If it's in a bag, you can you can typically not look the part, right? right? Especially if like if you know, T and I get dressed up for a really nice fancy dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in I, I'm in a sport coat and and she's in a dress. Mm-hmm. Um, if she's carrying a small handbag, that she can carry her gun in because she can't effectively carry without being without printing. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody's going to suspect her of, of carrying a firearm, mm-hmm. right? Um, they're not going to think that there's a gun in your purse. They're not going to be thinking that there's a, um, you know, pepper spray or anything like that or other tools mm-hmm. and, and that type of thing that she had, she can easily access. 
Um, so is, is that your question? I was thinking more of like, you know, if, if, if there was a, a threat that was in front of you, could, could you, or if there was a, a situation, right, something were to arise, without disclosing that you have a firearm, could you already have that gun in oh, your hand? Oh, yeah, that yeah, that's, that, yeah, yeah, that's one of the perks of, 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 um, of these purses and these handbags is being able to get your hand on the gun right. before they can see it. Whereas you and I... You know, we, tr- we have a draw stroke, right? Yeah, you're you're clear. throwing your coat back. Right. You're looking like you're dr- old west, you know, right, drawing right. your six shooter or something like that. People, it's a tell, you know, yep. it's a tell. Um, for a lady, it could be like, oh, this guy wants money. I guess I better reach into my purse and give him. And that's what the the bad right. guy's thinking, you know, right. when really she's accessing her Glock. Yep. Um, so yeah, absolutely. There are some there are some perks to that. Some tactical advantages carrying carrying off body yeah vein submission um, and then all of a sudden eating lead you know yeah. that's that that that's the process that you know that mm-hmm. that's happening there um Amen. yeah and any final thoughts um make sure that if you're going to carry off body right uh, i don't care male or female it doesn't matter how you plan on carrying be it a fanny pack or in a purse um get training yeah i can't i can't stress that enough this is not an easy concept to just just shove a gun in your purse and walk right, around. Right. You know, you know the the there's a number of places around. Man, m- my go-to place is Apache Apache yep. Solutions in Yadkinville, North Carolina. Reach out to us. You know, come 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 see us. Uh, you can best reach us at uh, ApacheNC.com. Um, all of our information is out there. We're up in Yakima, North Carolina. That is going to conclude our sh- uh, show today of the Responsibly Armed Citizen Show. We will see you guys again next week. Stay safe. See you guys. Happy Veterans Day.